Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner in crime for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, your vocation, your spiritual life, or maybe your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome to Next Step Leadership. I'm Chris Maxwell, and Tracy Reynolds is here with me. And uh, Tracy, it's good to uh, get a chance to talk again and have a conversation. Always. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. And today we have another guest with us, and uh, another guest who means very much to me, uh, Aaron Maxwell, uh, one of uh, the three sons of Chris and Debbie Maxwell. Aaron, it's, uh, it's great to have you with us today on Next Step Leadership. It's good to be here. I'd like for you to uh, tell us a little bit about what you and your family are doing now, and then after that, uh, Tracy and I will ask you many questions, I'm sure. All right. Well, uh, my wife, Amber Maxwell, um, we've been married coming up on 10 years this summer, and we've got three boys, uh, five, three, and uh, four months, I think, right now. Wow, that's so hard to believe. Yeah, and we live in West Africa, in Dakar, Senegal, and we're with uh, the Christian and Missionary Alliance, but we work in a school, in a missionary kids' school there, and we are dorm parents there for uh, the girls' dorm that's there, and we kind of parent them, uh, oversee them, because a lot of their parents are um, all throughout West Africa in regions that in villages, really, that don't have proper education or, mm-hmm. you know, any socialization happening. It's, it would just be homeschooled and kind of staying in the house uh, a lot. So we uh, really prepare them for their future in college and, and things like that. And, yeah, a lot of people struggle with that idea, and some people celebrate that idea. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're kind of in a weird mix. We've heard the gambit. But uh, we feel like we are called there by God, and it has been very rewarding and difficult yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met you at college, and you mm-hmm. were a communications major, if I recall. Yep. And that was at Emmanuel College, and I would love to know more. I mean, if you could, you know, back up the tape a while mm-hmm. to how do you, how, man, how did you end up there? That's got to be some a series of stories, man. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Kind of a long, long story, uh, but I'll try to summarize it real quickly, I think. Um, so growing up, uh, Chris Maxwell was, was and is still my dad. <laughs> I'm glad you made that clear. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, he got sick and uh, almost died. And uh, so I, I was really struggling with a lot of things. Um, through that whole process with God and everything like that. And uh, I felt like I had kind of come out of a lot of those questions and uh, frustrations. And I thought, okay, well, I'll go to Christian university just to, or Christian college just to shore up my faith, you know, and everything. And uh, when I got to Emmanuel College, I realized that I had not really dealt with a lot of those questions that I had had before. And 
kind of those emotional things that I was dealing with and kind of putting blame on God and kind of really honestly, you know, if we're being honest, it was anger towards mm-hmm. God for allowing my dad to be sick and almost die. And, um, yeah, cause it, especially as a kid, it's difficult to see God's full picture. And, and even as an adult, we struggle with that. Um, it'd be awesome if he would kind of give us a little vision of, of what is to come, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, so you kind of met me, I think, at a very odd time in my life where I was not, I, I would say that I wasn't the best human in the world, I think. Um, but I was... That's not how I saw you. Yeah. No, no, you, you were keeping a pretty good persona. Uh, it was always fun-loving. Uh, a yeah. guy that, that everybody flocked to, the life of the party. Uh, did, uh, you did most of the announcements, extremely mm-hmm. creative. Uh, those are the things I remember, and highly personable. But I, I, I didn't know you real well. Yeah. Uh, so this is, is revelatory and not surprising, you know, yeah. that you struggle. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, always. Um, yeah, so I think uh, I kind of, through a bunch of events, um, I had decided previously to, to step away from the faith. And um, kind of end of my sophomore year, through a bunch of events, I, I decided, I jokingly say, and I, and I don't know how God really takes this, but I jokingly say that, that I gave him one more shot <laughs> because... Obviously, he's. I'm he's, sure he was relieved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, he. I was kind of truly. I was dabbling in some prayer and just like, man, if you're really who you say you are, if you're really what everyone says you are, then you know you're supposed to be loving. And if you're loving, then I, I was really looking back now. I was really testing my faith. Uh, at a faith that I would say that I didn't have, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and so when, when I got kind of to the altar and, and the guy was at the church, who was telling me to pray this prayer. Uh, I was like, I, that, that's, you know, that's, that prayer is not for me kind of like I, I am going to cry out on my own terms to him. And uh, as I was crying out, as I finished, um, instantly, God placed two things on my heart, and uh, the first one was to travel the world. And I never thought that I would travel the world at all. Actually, when I first got to college, um, I, I was asked by some student leaders at the time if I wanted to go on a missions trip, and I said, man, that's not really my style. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that guy, you know what I mean? Um, so traveling the world was the first one. And then the second one was working with youth. Um, and I had no idea how those two concepts merged. I thought maybe, you know, in the summers or something, I'd go to a camp overseas once or something like that. And I was very, very ignorant of God's plan at the time, you know. Um, so junior year, I started dating this missionary girl, Adam Manuel. And she started talking about um, like boarding homes around the world at, at Christian schools and dorm parenting and um, kind of the unique the uniqueness of a situation like that. And this this light bulb really went off in my head, just about like. But I I, I started laughing at her, and, and she was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "That I cannot tell you how." 
like I, I see now God's two callings that he's placed on my life. I see them merged and I never thought of anything like that before, you know? Um, so that was a real kind of turning point in my life with God. And just like another instance of like trusting in God, even in so much uncertainty, how did you, how did these two things work? And in my own understanding, they, they don't, but God showed me, you know, through, through Amber and, and her history and missions, it was very, you know, she comes from a kind of boarding home and boarding life overseas. So it was very much like this, this light bulb that, that really from there, you know, our relationship and our, our ministry and our life together has really taken off kind of from that moment. Wow. And you said that's yeah. been like 10 years. Uh, that was, man, that was like 13 years ago, maybe that conversation. Goodness. Um, so we've been overseas for, we just finished our 11th year overseas. That's yeah, so hard um, to believe, Aaron. Yeah, it's really crazy. Uh, we started, as soon as we graduated, we went, we moved to South Korea and we were there for five years at a school. And then from there, we uprooted and went to um, Dakar, Senegal. And we've been there six years now. Yeah. So how have you uh, taken that, you know, that time, that prayer time at the altar, that conversation uh, with, with Amber and you guys thinking and processing this life together and, and you going around the world and making disciples? I mean, you're going to be there mentoring people, mentoring young people. Uh, how have you worked through uh, questions and uncertainty to continue obeying that and living that out. I would say, I, I mean, it hasn't always been easy for sure. You know, wrestling with uncertainty, um, especially when the part of our ministry is like our lives being on display for, for the kids that we're the dorm parents to, you know, that's, the highs and the lows, you, you're open and vulnerable with them, you know? Um, so I think it's kind of a textbook Christian answer, but it's also like, it's a textbook Christian answer for a reason. It's like Mm. going back to God, you know? Um, are you testing your faith through his word? Are you, have you surrounded yourself with mentors and Christian people that are speaking into your life that you can ask, hey, is this still the right place for me? Am I still being productive in my ministry? Am I I'm wrestling with this right now? Is is this okay? Is this mm. um, where where are you at? Can you speak into my life on this? Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, I think you'll probably hear me say it over and over again, but like honesty and vulnerability is, mm-hmm. I think, the key to just about everything in life, yeah. in leadership, in community, especially in community, you know, mm-hmm. um, really, especially in all of those things. So I, think, I love that. Yeah. So if you go back to those, what um, have you, what, how did you, arrive at that conclusion that okay the two salient points that if i could sum it all up if we can get these two things right then everything else will kind of fall into place you said honesty authenticity mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and what was the other one vulnerability vulnerability okay yeah. talk a bit about 
about those and kind of why those are so important? Why is that true? I think one one of the things that I really struggled with growing up is maybe not, and, and this may be no one's fault, you know, it may have been just my perception, um, but I maybe didn't feel like I always had the safest place to go to with with my questions, with my mm-hmm. doubts, with, with my insecurities, you know. Um, you know, get, I went to a church where my dad was the pastor. So right. You were a pastor's kid. Yeah. yeah. Going to the youth pastor felt very uncomfortable at times <laughs> saying, hey, I'm wrestling with this with God because this happened with my dad. And mm. you, you know what I mean? Sure. So there's a lot of, and I'm maybe in a unique situation, but maybe a lot of kids still have that same feeling. So mm. I think... I think so. Yeah. I think so too. (laughs) But I I think if we're as leaders of of kids, you know, if, if we're openly honest and openly vulnerable, almost like, you know, not like shoving it down their throats, but here's an opportunity that I can be vulnerable and honest. I'm going to do that so that, you know, I'm a safe haven to come to, you know what I mean? Um, And I think just, taking things that I wish that I either had or had done in, in the past growing up um, and, and kind of saying to kids, hey, you know, I really felt like I needed someone to talk to more and I didn't take advantage of that. So I'm letting you know preemptively I'm someone you can talk to mm-hmm. and I'm a safe place for you and things like that. And that's yeah. what so many people are craving, isn't it? People are craving that that safe place. Yeah, people they can open up and talk to and be honest with, and and raise the issues, and mention and confess their questions. I, I don't want to miss a point that I think you you have made, um, and that is that we, as the leader, the person, mm-hmm. have to go first. There, yeah. I think we have to do two. We have to go first, and we have to go deeper. If I want you to be vulnerable with me, then I'm going to have to model that behavior. I'm going to have to uh, choose to be vulnerable first. Um, and if I go shallow, then I have no right to expect that you would would, would supersede that or go deeper. Um, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's key. I think that people do relate more to our weaknesses and our struggles than they do our strengths. And um, our, there's something about the vulnerabilities that we share yeah. and realizing that we're really much more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, we may need to talk more about that because that's such an important topic. Uh, so, Aaron, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and yeah, we'll carry on this conversation in the next podcast, but um, just appreciate uh, your honesty yes, and your heart you. and the positive difference you're making as we kind of all work together uh, to find ways to make the next step the best step. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Hey, do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. 
Chris Maxwell is the author of 10 books, including Pause with Jesus, Underwater, A Slow and Sudden God, and his latest book of poetry, Embracing Now. You can find links to all of his work and our social media information at our website, nextstepleadership.buzzsprout.com. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. Follow them on Instagram at Casual Americans. And new music is coming soon. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. <laughs>